0: Welcome to the Lights Camera Pro Podcast where we interview entertainment pros about their careers and how they became successful in the industry. The secrets to their success here every week. Here's your host Sean Ventura. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lights Camera Pro Podcast. I'm your host Sean Ventura and I just want to say go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe, rate, and review. Our guest today is Eric Carter Landon of the True Consequences podcast. He has a true crime podcast about crimes in New Mexico and solving crimes. He's also telling us all about his merch and his equipment, how he started his podcast. He's got some really great stories. This is going to be fun. Here we go. Hey, everybody. I think that we are live. This is Sean Vittorio with the Lights Camera Pro Podcast. I'm here today with Eric Carter Landon, who is of the True Consequences Podcast. It's a true crime podcast. How's it going, Eric?
1: It's going well. How are you today?
0: Man, thank, I'm doing good. Thanks for doing this, man. This is really cool. Um, you are one of the bigger podcasts that I've interviewed. Um I actually just put a post out on some of the message boards because I usually do actors, writers, and producers. And I said, hey, you know, anybody interested in being interviewed as a podcaster? We want to know your secrets. We want to know how you did it, how you started, all that stuff, and we'll talk about that today. Um, so, and and here you are, but you've got a big podcast with merch and Patreon and listeners and all this stuff, so we're really interested to hear about it. Um, how did you start the podcast? How did you come up with the idea? How long did it take you to launch all that good stuff? Uh
1: so for those of of you who don't don't know my story, my my brother was murdered when I was uh 6 years old. And the person who was responsible for his death was never charged, never prosecuted. And so that whole scenario has always been at the center of why I'm doing this. Okay. Um because there are a lot of issues with justice in my state. And so I've always wanted to do something to honor my brother, to help other people in the same situation. Um, And I've all, I've, I've liked podcasts for uh, probably like 10 years now. Um, Listen to them before they even really got into their big heyday. Mm. And, um, I've always been into weird stuff. I've always been into true crime and mysteries and paranormal and just all kinds of weird things because I just like to look at things that are, are unanswered, things that are uh, not clear Stuff, because that stuff just fascinates me. So um, all of this kind of built up, you know, my whole life to this point where it just hit me one day uh, last year, probably around – I'd say around March or April that I needed to do a podcast and, and I knew right away what I wanted to do and I knew what it was going to be about. And, uh, it took me a while to come up with a name. Um, but from that point, uh, I ended up launching in October. So about, I don't know how many months that is, uh, seven months or something Mm -hmm. to get it all going. Yeah. And so your podcast, I was just talking
0: to you before we went live, your podcast Mm -hmm. is very produced and it's like a story and you have music and it's not, mine is just an intro and outro and a conversation interview. So uh, yours is much more complex. It's it's almost like doing a a segment on a TV show. And, uh, so I guess a lot of the questions are, how do you do it? How do you prepare for it? What's the research? And how long does it take you to put together an episode? For example, I, I just listened to uh, the Jeffrey Epstein episode, uh, which is really creepy. But, um, you know, how do you put together one of those episodes? Uh,
1: so the process is, you know, I've I've planned it all out. Um, I'm a... <laughs> Uh, compulsive oh. planner. Okay, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have spreadsheets for everything. My life is is very planned out, and um, that's almost like neuroses, I guess. But right. <laughs> but it works really well for for creating for a show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, e- prior to even having a name or anything, I started listing out potential stories that I wanted to to look at and, and things i wanted to talk about and so i i came up with about five seasons worth of episodes uh planned out ready to go so i have that list that i work off of um and i, I start researching so there's a lot of of different ways to research these cases um the internet is my best friend yes uh, with that um I, I i use a bunch of different sources um i like to get a variety of Um, sources so that I can try to figure out what is consistent what seems to be uh, the most truthful parts of these stories and I try to be as accurate as possible so I'll watch documentaries I'll read articles I'll read court records um, I'll take notes the whole time and then from that point I I start to write and I'll write out the basically the bones of the story so that I have a guideline because otherwise I can ramble yeah (laughs) <laughs> and and I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to keep people's attention and, and focus on what's important. So uh, I'll write, write out my story and then record typically. Okay. And from there, um, go into editing and post-production. All of this takes, uh, I'd say it's a good 20 hours per episode wow. that goes into it. Yeah, with maybe with
0: editing and post and publishing and, and all that. Yeah. Research and all of that. Yeah. Okay.
1: And who is your
0: um, provider? Is it Libsyn?
1: It used to be Libsyn. I just switched to Spreaker, actually.
0: Okay. And why did you do that, can you say?
1: Yeah. So Spreaker uh, was willing to offer me advertisements at my level. Um, Libsyn really limits that to the giant shows. And so Mm. it would have taken me probably a few more years with Libsyn to be able to have that feature activated. And with Spreaker, it was instant. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. And um can we talk numbers how many people are listening to your podcast
1: So I'm averaging about 1500 downloads per episode Okay Um over the last 8 months I just hit 43,000 downloads Wow congrats um, This week Yeah yeah so that's overall that's total over 29 episodes Um and it's growing it c- continues to grow every month uh last month I had about 8000 downloads just last month. So that, that is kind of exponentially getting larger and larger. Very cool. <laughs>
0: Patreon, you use Patreon, right? What do yeah. you do with that? Um, cause some people use it, some people don't, it works for some people. It kind of probably works for you cause you've got a lot, a lot of listeners.
1: Yeah. So initially I, created it as a means to help offset some of these costs because I'm self-funding right. all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the equipment, everything is coming out of my own pocket. And I was majorly in the red, uh, for a while now. I still, I still am, uh, just not as much as I was. And, um, so I wanted to create something to give my listeners the opportunity to interact with me, um, and also to contribute to the show, to help continue, you know, allowing me to continue producing it. So, um, what I do with that is I provide the, you know, at any level, you're going to get, uh, a sticker and a, and a handwritten note from me uh, as a, a thank you for mm-hmm. my patrons. Um, and then depending on the tier, you get different things. Like some tiers will get, um, early access ad-free episodes. Uh, some will get access to some of my research documents that I, uh, I'll i release to them so they can look deeper into the cases if they want to. And um, I'm looking at adding more benefits for, for my patrons. One of them I'm thinking of doing is having patron-only episodes, uh, but that's going to take some additional time, so I've got to figure yeah. out how that's going to happen. But that's kind of the route I'm going with. Is I, I really appreciate my patrons. They're all... Um, they're all so loyal and, and, and such, you know, generous people. And, and I'm very, very grateful for them. My, this show wouldn't probably have been able to survive without them.
0: Wow. That's very cool, man. And so right off the bat, the first episode, are you putting ads? Are you doing promo swaps, anything like that? Or does it take a while?
1: So the first episode I, or the, so I released with three episodes. Yeah um, my first season. And I did that intentionally because I wanted to give people a chance to get a feel for what the show was going to be like. Unfortunately, I was very, um, I wasn't very skilled with audio quality and and with those things. So in the beginning, uh, it's really rough and the quality was rough and I got kind of hammered for it a little bit, but I took that feedback and, and used it to make it better. And I feel like I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm comfortable with it and the sound is, is, I think it's pretty good. Um, I'm sure there's always room. Thank you. I'm sure there's always room for improvement, Mm -hmm. but, um, but I didn't, I didn't get ads in terms of like monetization right away. Uh, like I said, wasn't willing to do that for me. Um, some of the things that I did to drive my audience though. So It's really unique for my show is that it's it's focused on a specific area of the country. It's focused on my state, on New Mexico. Right. And so that creates some opportunity that maybe some of these shows that cover a broader genre of true crime uh, don't have. They don't have access to these types of things that I do. And so I took advantage of it. So I started sending press releases to the local media, um, to every news outlet in the state as soon as I launched my show. And with every episode, I would send a new press release and that caused uh, a couple of news channels to pick me up in November. So a month later and I was interviewed and then my listenership just jumped. And because it's so so hyper local, uh, it was appealing to people and it was was a perfect way to get the word out there because these are local people who care about local issues uh, and they get to hear about my show and it was free. So that was awesome. Um, So that helped a lot. And then I I do some social media advertising to drive some more um, people to my page, you know, and I I target that based on their interests and um, based on them living in New Mexico.
0: Right. Yeah. When you say social media advertising, do you mean Facebook yeah. ads, Google ads, what what are you doing?
1: Facebook primarily. primarily. Yeah, some Instagram, but mostly Facebook. Facebook just
0: has an incredible reach. Like the difference between Facebook and YouTube with yeah. stuff like this. And and so, oh god, I have so many questions. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> okay. The Oracle network that you're doing yeah. what what happened there? How did that come about? You're on a specific network and are you exclusive to that network?
1: Yeah. So, um, the network was created by a group of podcasters that I've been connected to through social media. Um, I, I, I consider them friends now. Uh, there's a lot of, of podcasters that I consider to be friends and this group of podcasters really wanted to create the opportunity for, um, for all of us independent podcasters to lift each other up together. And so it's, it's kind of a network, but it's not really a network in the sense that uh, the monetization and everything with my show belongs to me. Okay. Um, but the benefit of it is we all cross-promote each other's shows. So uh, we'll do promo swaps you okay. know, on each other's shows. Uh, we will have a featured podcast every month, and it's everybody's responsibility to tweet there. Uh, episodes, to talk about that show, to put it on Facebook, all those things. Um, that's that's kind of your commitment joining this network. And um, we all just kind of help each other succeed through lifting each other up. And, and it's a really awesome thing. It doesn't cost anything. And there's a lot of benefit for everybody involved. And is that for true crime people only or is that all podcasts? Uh, so there's a vetting process the uh, people that are considered to be quote leadership uh, on the network will vet and review. Uh, they're, they're a little bit picky about who they want on the mm-hmm. network. They don't want, you know, somebody who's going to be inflammatory or right. um, somebody who is going to hurt everybody else's reputation by being on the network. Um, and then the quality of the show is pretty important as well. So there's but we have a, a comic bait, like a, Marvel Comics, DC Comics based okay. uh, podcast on on the network. Um, there's mostly true crime, but that's because a lot of the people who are, you know, in charge of, of creating that network were true crime podcasters and mm-hmm. are true crime podcasters, and that's who they know. But um, we're getting more and more diverse shows added as well. So,
0: cool. Can you tell me about um, some of your favorite episodes um, that you've worked on and and in- why,
1: yeah, uh, you know I really love I love the interviews with victims' families. Those episodes are so personal and so important. Um, I feel really proud of those because I get to give these family members of uh, murder victims the opportunity to tell their story in their words on their terms and in as long as much time as they need. you know, I really try to steer away from creating some kind of slant or editorializing the story because it's, it's, there's so so much power in somebody who's lost somebody being able to tell the story of who that person was and what happened. And especially the cases where they haven't received justice. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel really good about being able to offer that as an opportunity for these people and unfortunately in season two i haven't been able to do that because of coronavirus and everything right i had a bunch of interviews lined up and then it just kind of all it all kind of went away but um so there are a few of those episodes that i really am proud of and and i would consider my favorites the first one would be the interview with cynthia vigil jaramillo who was a victim of the toy box killer it was an early episode but it was powerful and it was uh, she's just such an incredible person. She's just so inspiring. Um, what she survived, I, I just can't even wrap my mind around it. Um, there's an interview I did with uh, the mom of two boys, of one boy and his best friend who were murdi- murdered. Um, she's actually on the way to get justice now. Uh, the people have been arrested. Uh, her name was um, Amanda Kimbrell Romero. So there's just a bunch of these personal uh, family stories that I just love them so much.
0: Right. And I, I listened to the Jeffrey Epstein episode and it's a lot of its graphic content. So obviously for just an audio podcast, you're just putting explicit. But do you post it anywhere else that you have to uh, put ratings or stuff like that because it is such a touchy subject?
1: Everywhere that I, I um, distribute to, including YouTube, uh, has explicit disclaimers on it just because I have a bad... Habit of cussing,
0: yeah, and um, and then <laughs> the <too>. content,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the content itself can be can be troublesome for people, you know, especially mm. when you're talking about things like child abuse and murder and, yeah. and all this stuff. Not everybody can handle that, right? Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. All right. So on a lighter note, um, two things like. How did you start to integrate your ads into your podcast or your promo swaps and stuff like that? And then uh, talk a little bit about your merch and how you created that. Is it just a site that you go to or did you? was there a process for that?
1: Yeah. Um, so the ads that came from Spreaker, those are all automated. Uh, I just select where I want them to be inserted and they put them in there. I'm also working with a company called... Sorry,
0: sorry. Um, sorry to interrupt. Um, what do you mean they're just inserted? Like, are they just inserted at the beginning automatically with the, I forget what it's called ad dynamic ad insertion insertions.
1: So on speakers, um, dashboard Mm -hmm. for every episode you upload, you can, you can mark where you want ads to be put in and then they just put them in for you automatically. And, uh, I really don't have any control over what ads are playing. Uh, I can just only control when they play.
0: Okay, so it's just like a little marker, and you're editing within Spreaker? You're not editing no. within,
1: okay. No, um, I edit, I use Audacity. Okay. And, and that's where I edit, but when I've uploaded the, uh, the final product to Spreaker, that's when it lets me go in and put the uh, placeholders for the ads.
0: Okay, a little, it's like a little marker in the audio file in Spreaker that you've uploaded, okay.
1: I was wondering- Basically, click on the, the time slot that I want yes. to add to go in it mm-hmm.
0: goes there. Cool. So let's, let's go back to that before we get to merch. Um, what is your, what is your process? So you're recording in your house. Do you usually have a guest come in with you? Do you a- record remotely and just tell us about your equipment? And then we already know audacity, but, but just your okay. process.
1: And then I also will talk about promo swaps and stuff like that. Sure. Too, and uh, sure. all couple of other ad things that I do. Um, but so, for my process, it depends on what's going on. So with, you know, my state being on lockdown and everything that was happening, um, I was doing more, uh, remote interviews and more remote, um, conversations. And so I've used Skype. That's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used zoom, which wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> the audio quality from Zoom is just horrible, right? Uh, and so uh, I finally settled on an, a, an app called ZenCaster, okay, and it allows you to record remotely um, with as many people as you want, and then it combines all of the audio and it's really clear audio um, for for downloading. So that's what I've I've liked to use the most.
0: And does ZenCaster cost a monthly fee?
1: So it does, but right now they're offering it for free because of everything that's going on. Okay. So I've been using it for free, but I'll probably pay for it whenever it comes time to right. do that because it's really good. Have you heard of Clean Feed? I use Clean Feed for my audio remotes. I haven't, it's but a, I'll check it, it out.
0: Yeah, you can just look at it. It's really clear. I have on, we're on Skype right now. And uh, this is Ecamm Live, the software that we're broadcasting because there's a whole process with YouTube and Facebook with these like streaming bank services and it's really a pain, but this is much easier. Um, it does glitch a little bit. I've had people, I was talking to someone in England and it just stopped and glitched and came back. She had to call back um, and it freezes every once in a while. You haven't frozen yet. I haven't, but uh, that happens. But clean feed is crystal clear and the audio, I think, is ISDN quality. It's a higher quality than the, the um, MP3. And uh, And it works great. I love it. Yeah. So, sorry, continue on what you're talking about.
1: Um, so, but I do have a couple of microphones here that I use for when people can come into my studio and record with me. Um, and I've done that with a couple of my friends that are guests on my show sometimes. Um, you wanted to know about equipment.
0: Yeah. I mean, I want to know personally, but the people who are listening is a lot of podcasters listening. So,
1: so I have a very fancy microphone. Uh, It's the Shure SM7B. Yes. Uh, It's pretty popular with podcasters. It's very expensive. Um, But it was a worthwhile investment for me because I was in the beginning, I was using a Zoom H2N recorder Hmm. and um, the quality on that was mixed, and the problem was that it doesn't pick up everybody's voices very well uh, at the same time. So right. somebody would inev- inevitably end up sounding really far away and really quiet, uh, even if you were right in front of the microphone. So uh, I sold that, I bought this, and I also bought a ATR2100, which is a lot less expensive. It's about $99 mm. versus this one, which is like $400. Um, they're both really good microphones. I prefer this one, but for my guests, you know, it's, it, you can't really tell the difference, Right. um, I can tell the difference, but you know, I think I've, I just, maybe that's in my head. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also have a two, two channel, um, interface, So these microphones plug in with an XLR cable to the interface and the interface feeds into my computer.
0: Is it Scarlet or is it Behringer? It's
1: a Scarlet 2i2. Yeah.
0: I have a Behringer,
1: which works great. Yeah.
0: Um, And then the promo swapping and the ads, how, how did that come about? Was that Oracle or something else?
1: No, I've been, so social media is just incredible. Um, So so I didn't even know promo swaps were a thing until one of my podcaster friends, you know, she posted it on Twitter. She's like, hey, I want to swap promos with people. And I'm like, I don't even know what a promo is, but I'll do it, (laughs) you know, sign me up, whatever. (laughs) So uh, I started like trying to hear what other people's promos were. And I I recorded one. I probably need to re record it because I um, don't really like the one that I have now. But um, then I started posting that on Twitter and on you know other places and and getting people to send me their promos. I send them mine. It doesn't cost anything, and I, I've had a promo on the beginning of every single episode episode of season two for other shows, um, and my show's been on on their shows as well. And it's really an awesome free way to drive. Additional listens Um, it doesn't necessarily send droves and droves of people. It's more like a slow trickle But Mm. that eventually builds up if you get enough momentum going um, Into more and more listeners. So
0: Right, I feel like podcasting is is like this giant rock at the top of the hill and it just keeps rolling and and, in Or even a snowball that gets bigger and bigger like at Mm -hmm. the more episodes you add so I had one podcast a week and then I doubled to two a week and my numbers double. I mean, mathematically, it makes sense. But it just seems like it's building and building. And then some people are going back and listening to the older podcasts. And yeah. and this video thing is out of control. I mean, the reach of this live video, I love it. And I kind of like it better. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I know yours is like a produced almost like a little TV segment for like Frontline or something. <laughs> but, but, uh, is that bad that I insult no, you? No, it's,
1: no, it's fine. It's just, I don't think of myself like that. So it's just interesting to hear somebody else's well, it, perception. It, it is.
0: It's, it's so much more in depth. Uh, it's like a feature on a, on a news show like Dateline. Um, yeah. but I, I just feel like, um, the podcasting thing grows and grows and grows, but, yeah. but I do prefer this cause I can see you and I yeah. can see your reactions and I can talk to you. And, uh, there is something very cool about having someone in your head, right? Yeah. When you're talking to a guest, especially, or if you're just out there talking to people, it's just, you're really, really focused. Yeah. Like now I'm looking down at my phone and, and you're looking at your equipment, and but, uh, this is very cool. It's very different, but it's very cool. Yeah. I love it's, the live it's thing. The,
1: it's the most intimate thing. I mean that you can do aside from being in a like physical relationship with somebody is, is being in their ears. And, uh, I take that pretty seriously. You know, I try to be, um, I try to be authentic and I try to be honest and I try to do things the right way. Uh, because I know that, you know, I have people's attention, so I have to be careful what I say.
0: (laughs) Right. And I do think, um, that is across the board what I've heard from podcasters and, and just people in general, is authenticity is that mm-hmm. as soon as you're like, oh, I want to sell you something that I can't stand the big podcasts like Bill Simmons and Joe Rook. It's like five, six minutes of ads before they start. I'm like, dude, I'm leaving like this is yeah. too long.
1: Yeah. Like
0: I'm, I'm hitting that 30 second button like while I'm in the elevator going to walk the dog and and I'm like, come on, man, let's start this thing. <laughs> so many ads. OK, so. um we covered a lot of stuff. Is there anything else you want to talk about with your, with your podcast that we haven't asked or before we get to advice?
1: Yeah. Um, so I was going to talk about, I'm trying to remember what it was that I was going to talk about. Merchandise maybe. Oh yeah. We were going to do merchandise. Okay. Um, so merch. Yeah. I, I created the merch. I wasn't sure that anybody would, would really be interested in, in merch. Um, And it's kind of grown and developed. Uh, I don't know if I'm completely excited about who I'm using and who I'm partnering with right now. And I'm trying to source some local um, merchandise producers Mm -hmm. because I think that that would probably go over a lot better than uh, some, you know, international website but initially I signed up with a company called T public and they're probably gonna be mad at me for saying that, um, the way that I did, but I I just really believe in local business. And, um, I think it's important to support the local community, especially because the local community is who is propping the show up and, and making it what it is. So, um, so I partnered with, with T public for my t-shirts, my, um, cups, mugs, magnets, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few different designs. Um, I have a design. I have this one, which is the uh, logo of the show. I really I have, like
0: the logo, man. How did you come up with that?
1: So the Zia symbol is is the state symbol for New Mexico. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like super inventive or anything. Um, but... I it speaks to new Mexicans. They know what it is immediately. And it says to them that this is a new Mexican show. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted them to know immediately that this is a local person talking about local issues. Um, so I designed this myself. And then I have a couple of other designs. I have one for my brother, um, justice for Jacob design that, uh, for every item that sold 50% of the proceeds go to the new Mexico coalition against domestic violence. Um, and then I have a couple of other funny ones like things that have come up in the show. Uh, I, I try to think about things that are relevant to what's happening in my show. And, um, but I don't have very many designs. I have like five, um, and it sells okay. It's not like I'm making millions of dollars. I, I mean, I'm making like maybe $10 a month, um, on it, but it's, right. it's, you know, I think the value of it isn't so much in the money that's coming in because I don't really care about that. Um, you know, it's not about the money for me. This whole thing is about producing a show that is impactful and that's making a difference in the community that I live in. Um, and the value in merchandise is when people buy it and wear it in the community. And then people start to see my brand out there. I think that that's where the value of, of my merch is, um, because I'm not certainly not making any money off of it. (laughs) Right. And,
0: And do you think like, I don't let me understand like you had a pod – you were talking about something where you had a podcast and then someone was arrested. Were they arrested because of the podcast and the information getting out there or was it – did it just so oh,
1: happen? No, it was, it was coincidence. It was um, coincidence, okay. Yeah, not coincidence. The The investigation was already happening before I interviewed Amanda. Okay. Um, and so – it was, I think it was because it was moving forward that I reached out to her to see if she wanted to talk about what happened. Um, and so, you know, so far nobody's been arrested, uh, as a result of, of the show, but I think that, you know, maybe in the future there might be some, some progress on some cases that, uh, got some publicity. We'll see.
0: Right. Uh, that's very cool, man. And then if, if that happens, um, and then let me understand because, the show's about New Mexico, New Mexico crimes, but there was yeah. a Jeffrey Epstein episode. So are you branching out to national stuff or did he oh. do some things in, in New Mexico? He,
1: he had a, a multimillion dollar, 80,000 square foot uh, mansion in New Mexico where he trafficked young girls too. Okay. Um, him and his accomplices as well as some high profile people. So um, I I really try to stay true to if it has any kind of connection to New Mexico, then then I'll talk about it. If it doesn't, then, you know, I try not to. Right.
0: All right, man. This has been so cool and interesting. I just want to ask you advice for new podcasters. We have new podcasters every day, um, people who want to get into true crime. Uh, What is your advice for them? Um, it's a long road, but stick with it. What do you want to say to them?
1: Yeah, this is going to sound probably pretty cheesy, but, um, (laughs) but I, I really do think that you have to stick it out. Um, it's, it's not going to be easy in the beginning and you're going to feel like you're talking to yourself. Um, and you might get some, some feedback. You know, my, my advice is to use that feedback in a positive way to improve your show. Um, try to take it, not take it personally, try to take it as the opportunity for you to improve things. Um, uh, because nobody comes out of the gate being a hundred percent on top of everything, especially if you've never done it before. Uh, it's impossible to know all of the nuances that go along with this. And I'm still learning, you know, I have a lot Uh, to learn and I'm probably going to continue changing and growing and all those other things, but sticking to it is, is so important because, um, eventually you'll find that there are people that, you know, that want to hear what you have to say. Um, and that might be a big audience. It might be a small audience, but you'll find your people, your people will find you and they'll champion you and they'll help lift you up. And, um, and that's what keeps me going, you know, um, seeing the reaction, that you know that I've gotten in the community and and, and the embrace that I've gotten from the community is, has been incredible and I can't I can't thank New Mexico and its people enough for embracing me and welcoming me as a voice to uh to tell these stories All right well, i think that's the biggest thing is is don't give up um the other thing is is talk to other podcasters you know find those people that you admire that you think are doing a great job and you know i've reached out to people that i never thought would even give me the time of day to talk to me um and they have and they've given me advice and they they've helped me um you know i had one pod- podcaster she's the host of true crime fan club she gave me very specific advice she listened to some of my episodes She said, like, you know what your your content's good but your audio quality needs to be improved. And here's exactly what you can do to make that happen. And that was the best advice I'd ever gotten because it was very specific. It was something I could work on. And, um, and she's a a big name out there, you know, Lainey Hobbs is well known. Um, she's the creator of the true crime podcast festival. She like, she's a big name out there. And so I reached out to her, And I didn't think she would write me back. And she did. I I reached out to Sarah Turney, who is huge. Um, She's trying to get justice for her sister, Alyssa. Uh, And I just said, hey, you know what? You've really inspired me to tell my brother's story because I didn't want to do it before. And then I I heard your show and and you made me want to do it. And I consider her a friend now. Um, We talk pretty consistently. You know, so I would just say reach out to those people talk to them um we're all just people we're all just trying to make this happen and everybody has their own motivations but um that community is is really important and it'll help you it you know cuz you're going to have you're going to have bad days podcasting you're going to have great days uh you need to find people that are going to celebrate with you and also uh help lift you up whenever you get knocked down a little bit
0: awesome Awesome, man. Great advice. Um, I just have one more question before we go. And that is the true crime festival you were talking about is that a is like a conference with classes and speakers and stuff like that. My question to you is, um, would you go to just a general festival or to see all different kinds of podcasters? Or are you just focused on true crime because of your podcast?
1: Well, no, I would go to, to anything, honestly, like I'm, I'm willing to do (laughs) anything to get more exposure for the show. I also have another show that's in development. It's going to launch in, um, two weeks. It's about paranormal in New Mexico. And, and so I'm excited about that. Cool. What's it Uh, called? It's called those spookenios. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) translated to very spooky. Well, so it's not even really a real word. Um, so, those is two. Yeah. And then um, people in Albuquerque call themselves burqueños, or it's like a weird little slang name uh, that we call ourselves. So, we're spookenos. we We're spooky burqueños. Okay. Okay. Nice. <laughs> it's a made up word. <laughs> Very cool.
0: Well, I am, my dream is to have a. There's lots of podcast conferences all over the country, but there's not one in Atlanta. And I'm in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and I'd like to start with a small conference with some speakers. Maybe I'll ask you to speak someday. It's got to be once this COVID thing is over, once we have a vaccine. But uh, I'd like to do that. And I know Podcast Movement, which you probably heard of, they Mm -hmm. did like a Kickstarter to start their conference. But uh, that's what I want to do. I want to have a conference, have people speak and have classes and people hang out together. Uh, an extension of this. Yeah. So I could some, probably meet you someday.
1: <laughs> sign, sign me up for that. I'm, I'm on board. I'll do anything. <laughs>
0: awesome, man. Well, Eric, this has been great. You're an awesome guy. Uh, I love the podcast. I'm going to listen Thank to some you. more. Is there any um, website or address that you want people to go to to listen to the podcast?
1: Yeah, um, the podcast is available wherever you get podcasts. So you can find me on Apple, you can find me on Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, cloud, everything uh, that you can think of, I'm probably there. Um, and if you can't find me there, you can go to trueconsequences.com. Uh, all my episodes are there, all my case files and notes are there, and links to my merch and all that. Uh, but yeah, you can also find me on social media. So
0: cool man everybody check him out uh, very cool podcast and thanks so much eric you have a great night thanks for doing this man thanks you too thanks for listening to the lights camera pro podcast where entertainment pros talk about how they made their dream into a career go to apple podcasts and spotify and subscribe rate and review thanks to bob jurgens for the rockin vo and joseph mcdade for the music Next week, we have a sports podcast out of Canada. It's Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. These guys are a lot of fun. They do all Canadian sports, but they also do the NFL, MLB, NBA. It's going to be fun. Check it out next week.